Uh, I'm Zed. And I'm Grace. And this is a podcast. Yes. Uh, season two, episode three. It is called Something I Didn't Write It Down. Psy versus Psy. Oh, okay. Yeah. I remember seeing that and thinking, ha, clever. Mm-hmm. And then completely wiping it from my brain. Of course. Because why not? <laughs> All right, facts and figures. Okay, so this starred like everybody, all of the regular people. Not Buzz. Well, not Buzz, but he's not a regular cat. I count him as a regular. Okay. (laughs) No Buzz in this episode. Probably not for a couple more episodes. I don't really remember him that much. And for our guest stars, we had Lou Diamond Phillips as Special Agent Lars Ewing. Bianca Kalick as Lindsay Lichen. And then Liam James back as Young Sean, obviously. Do they ever switch to new Young Sean? Yes. Okay, so, like, we still have him. But, like, also, we keep saying his name every episode. So? Soon I'm actually going to learn it. So? Okay. (laughs) And then we have (laughs) Pamela Perry as Mildred. She was a gem. I love her so much. She deserves the world. She really does. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And it was an Andy Berman episode. It was! I noticed that. Because... I have, I have become an Andy Berman fan, despite yes. the fact that I usually don't fan, but that is because I can actually connect. That is the voice of Dib! Yes. <laughs> and that's it. That's that's my one connection, is I enjoyed one episode that he wrote immensely. I don't know how he felt about the other one. I can't remember. <laughs> so now every time I see him, his name, I'm like, that's my boy! So, <laughs> that's it. Yeah. And, we um, did it. <laughs> so, as you mentioned, it was written by Andy Berman, and it was directed by Mel Damsky. Who has directed a couple episodes, but I don't yeah, the think name's yet. familiar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's always on the little credits doing something. Oh, okay. He might be an executive producer or something. I don't know. That makes sense. Yeah, one of those familiar names. Did you happen to um catch a certain phrase in the episode? I did. Kind of it's the episode we're named after. Are it you a is. fan of delicious flavor? Yes, I've been waiting for you to figure it's this out. It's us. I, I mean, I knew that was the line. You sent me a gif of it when you suggested it as a podcast. Because name. you... I was under the assumption that you had seen more than, like, five episodes. Absolutely not. <laughs> so I figured that maybe you had seen this episode. No. Why would I watch, what, 17 episodes? 18 episodes? Why would I watch 18 episodes of something I'd basically given up on five episodes into? Look. I don't have that kind of drive. <laughs> if it's more than six episodes long and I hate it, I'm not going to finish it. I didn't hate it. I was just mm, ambivalent. <laughs> Oh, right. I couldn't find anything to like about it, so I didn't want to waste my life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now here I am, making a podcast about it. Yeah. It's also the first episode to feature one of Sean's catchphrases from your worksheet. Did he say one of my things? Yes! What did he say? Wait for it. Did he? Yes, like four times. Well, then that's four more points I need to add. One minute. Well, <sighs> if, if he said it four times, it's four counts. It is, because he, he did say it four times. This is why I need other people checking my work. Yep. Oh, that gets rid of... Before I... Okay, before I change it, I have to tell you, it was 69 nice. No! Now it's going to be 73, not nice! Well, maybe we can take off some points for something horrible. They didn't do anything terribly horrible. I know he didn't. I was like, make that up about them. Okay, fine. One of these days we'll get one that's 69 nice and it'll go to Golden Star. Exactly. Hopefully it's one with like a lot of like fun innuendos. Mm, There's a 
few and and by few I mean at least 50 episodes that are very very excellent much. one of them will be 69 nice <laughs> and then I will have a club that is called the 69 nice club and I will put that star of approval on the episodes that <laughs> I will get I will tell you when you do that you're going to put a star emoji in the title of the episode obviously and then we know it's 69 nice points. obviously obviously yes. obviously obviously <laughs> Okay. okay. We're children. And nice. so Lindsay Lichen is the birth name of Lindsay Sloan, who is in a um season six episode, which I'm not gonna name, and then in season eight episode, which I guess that's a fun fact. Is it? Is that fun? I mean <laughs> they obviously named her after a person. So, I mean, sure, but what did that person do other than later star in psych? What does she do? Who is she? I have no idea. <laughs> I'm going to Google it. Oh, no, 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 no. She was in, um, okay, Bianca was in Bring It On with Lindsay Sloan, who played Big Red, which is crazy to me because when I picture Big Red, she looks nothing like the two characters that she ends up playing in Psych. Sure. <laughs> this gal, whoever she is, when we get to season six, she has a long and storied career of playing teenagers for 30 years. Yeah. Good she, for her. She's she apparently just, aged fantastically. She just has that face. What is she How do I do that? Bring it on. Because uh, they, they, they say that she's Big Red, but I remember Big Red looking different than that. Because Big Red's the one with the um, curly hair, right? I've never seen Bring It On. You've, you've never seen Bring It On? I don't watch sports movies or movies with animals as the main characters. These They're, are my two requirements for a movie. It's is that they, barely a sports movie. And that's why I've never seen Air Bud. I don't watch sports movies or movies with animals as the main character. Wow. Okay. Kirsten Dunst is so young in this. Oh my I god. Know, this is like pre Spider Man. Yeah, that's Big Red. I mean, they claim that's her. And that looks nothing like her. That is freaky. Bring it on. Wonderful film. Wonderful film. Sure. Okay. I'll take your word for it. I'm not watching it. All right. <laughs> I, I don't know anything about almost any sport except for figure skating, rock climbing, and chess. Uh, so, like, I don't watch sports movies because I have to do research beforehand in order to know whether I should be happy or sad something happened. Hmm. I mean, it's more like a rom-com kind of thing. Yeah, but it's like sports, yes? Well, yeah. And so when they're like, this is a high-stakes competition. If we don't score a blah, blah, blah on the sheet, we're going to lose. And then the community center is going to lose its funding. And I'm going to be like, That's I don't know not... why you would score something on a sheet no, for the, this. The plot is... I mean, I figured that wasn't the plot. That's the plot of every 80s after-school special. The plot is the cheerleading team. Somebody is stealing routines from a competing high school who is majority black. Ah. So it becomes more of like, you guys are stealing our stuff and people like it more because it's coming from you and not us. It's it's, oh, it's actually so it's more of actually a, like a commentary. It's it's more like a social commentary. On... Yeah, I can appreciate that. Mm -hmm, so. I know nothing about it though. So I feel like <laughs> I would be missing at least part of it, which yeah. is why I don't watch sport movies. So y'all have fun, fun with your sport movie. It sounds like it has a lot of uh, redeeming qualities to it. It does. I mean, there's there's probably some sort of horrible thing because it's the early 2000s and they always have to throw in some sort of something. Yeah, there's always something horrible. It's the early 2000s. Mm. But always. I mean, <laughs> we're on a podcast about a show from the early 2000s. Exactly. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. 
glass houses, stones, etc. Exactly. Um, <laughs> now we'll throw plenty of stones. We yes, yes, we will. Can and will have. Will again. <laughs> I will kill again. Um, oh boy. Oh, and it's been a long day. Oh, and fun fact. Uh huh. I don't know if you know. Is noticed, it a fun fact? But they were in Home Depot. Oh yeah, the product placement was <laughs> astonishing. It was an actual. Home Depot. Yeah, no doubt. I know, no doubt. <laughs> no, it was it was like if they could have uh, shown that Home Depot logo in more shots, <laughs> I'm sure they could have milked them for more money. I know. It was a they don't lot. Really, they don't really advertise stores that often in this show. I mean, they'll advertise like random products, but the Home Depot. I think maybe they mentioned it in the pilot because like. Henry was seen there or something. I, I mean, know. Henry's always building something. So Henry's it's a good sponsorship for them it that is. it doesn't feel too weirdly like shoehorned in that Henry is there. Because mm-hmm. you're like, yeah, of course he's building something. He's always building something. He's one of those old retired dudes <laughs> who's just constantly building something. Yeah, the product placement was a lot, though. Like, yeah. not subtle. If it had just been they robbed a Home Depot and you're in this, like, building space with kind of orange accents, honestly, that probably would have done a better job of being, like... Yeah. You know, less shoehorned. But I think they just couldn't resist having the shot of Sean just going up on the... Oh, that shot was a very good shot. Very good. Very good. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they're required to show the logo if they're sponsored. So, like... Maybe. It's a whole thing. It is. But, I don't know. My feelings on sponsorship, like, corporate sponsorship in episodes of things, it's like... They almost never do it gracefully. No. I'm watching Loki with my family. Oh, no. So on Monday nights, I go to my parents for dinner. Mm-hmm. And then after dinner, we watch Loki. And we've been watching, like, an episode at a time. Perfect. And, uh, spoiler alert, they have an episode inside of, like, this warehouse store. It's like a Walmart, except how it's not a Walmart. Mm-hmm. Um, and at one point, they just show a shot of they're, like, looking through these shelves to try to find something. Just full-on middle of the screen. Alienware computer. Just... It's the least subtle thing. Yeah. Alienware is so bad about product placement. They did it in Psych. They will. No, they, they did more. it in the casino thingy. I know. Like, and that was just doesn't end so much. Gus goes from Alienware to Microsoft, and Sean is always, always, always Apple. And then he has his razor. Yeah. He's been using a razor for a couple episodes now, which is really amusing. It really dates the time period this came from. Any other fun facts masquerading as just facts? I mean, not really. <laughs> the episode title is a riff on Spy vs. Side, which is from Mad Magazine. Yes, I read them. Obviously. My dad had like a book full of them. I think everybody knows about Spy vs. Spy. If you don't know about Spy vs. Spy, please read them. They're a fun allegory for the Cold War. Um, yeah, so there's... I say like a nerd. <laughs> say everything like a nerd i do it's because i'm a nerd you are a nerd hooray (laughs) okay so the pineapple was obvious in this one actually this is the first one to get multiple pineapple points for me because that was three separate pineapple cakes he made in the easy bake oven because not only did gus take a big bite out of one and say something is wrong with this uh so did henry and then sean is eating one later and they are all whole when they started eating because um even though he says Lindsay, it takes like 20 hours to cook it. Lindsay eats one, and then later you see Gus eating it, then Henry's eating one. Yeah, so they're like at least three separate cakes. I was pretty sure Lindsay and Gus were eating the same one, but cut in half. Yeah, probably. Um, Because he, it was like it came out of the oven, and an easy-bake oven only fits one thing. It does. Um, 
But like, yeah, so I got three pineapple points. Wow. Which is the most pineapple points anything has gotten from me. I don't know. I'm counting them as separate points because that box isn't just a click box. It's a tally box. Which is why I got so many points. Exactly. Um, well, it's one of the reasons it got so many points. Actually, the thing it got the most points on. Are we jumping straight into the... Yeah, we can jump right yeah, in. Yeah, of course. Ranking. All right. So it, technically, with those the additions from the uh, things that he said, it got 73 points. Hooray! Um, that means that it's pretty far up there. It got the most on psychic visions because there are two psychics in this episode. Yeah. And that's not just like random guesses. They interrupted the chief three separate times. <laughs> I need them to stop doing that. It makes me anxious. I don't want to interrupt my boss when she's doing things. Um, yeah. So they had a lot of psychic visions. A lot of them. <laughs> a lot of them. Uh, and then the other thing they had a lot of was 80s or 90s pop culture references. So many. Yeah. Really not as many as you think they are because they're all kind of clustered in this one sequence of conversations. There was, like, at least three when he... Okay. Total. Yes. There were at least three when he meets Lindsay for the first time. And then later he mentioned Joe versus the volcano. Oh, I didn't count that one because I didn't think that would count as a... I guess it counts as a pop culture reference. Yeah, Yeah, I guess it is. Yeah. Okay, so there are several pop culture references I missed because I wasn't counting those, but, like, the individual ones that weren't, like, snap, 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 like, when he just mentioned them, those I managed to catch. My current count is 73. It sounds like it should be higher because I'm bad at counting pop culture references. Well, you know, that means, audience, do this for once. Please. Please. Uh, (laughs) Join me in my purgatory of worksheet hell. Um, (laughs) I mean, it's pretty fun if you're going to watch it anyway. You might as well. Um, my tally is that this got, I thought it was going to go the whole time without a dead body point. And then it didn't. (laughs) Yeah. They just kind of, they just, now there's a dead body here. Okay, cool. Now there's a dead body. Why? I don't know. Yeah. Um, do you have any feelings about this episode before I go into my, my thoughts? My, my thoughts and feelings about the notes I didn't take, but the notes I definitely took in my head. I have always liked this episode. Okay. For <laughs> and I am just prepared for what you are going to say next. But uh-huh. I have I have always liked this episode. It has one of my favorite eighty songs in it. It's probably one of the first times I'd ever heard it. What song? True by oh gosh. I'm gonna be um, real with you. Whenever music is playing in a TV show, brain completely edits it out. Like it's weird when it's not playing. Mm-hmm. Like, I can tell when you've, like, cut out the music. Like, I'll be like, why is this so weirdly quiet in the background of this? But my brain completely edits out any music that's playing. So I don't remember music playing this entire episode. Okay. Well, when Sean and Lindsay are, like, flirting. Smooching. Smooching. Whatever. Uh, True by Spando Ballet plays. And I think that was one of the first times I ever heard that song. And I just... I still don't think I've actually heard it. <laughs> I just... Brain just said sap. Just I just gone. like it. I just, whatever. I just think it's neat. <laughs> Gif of Marge Simpson with a potato. <laughs> yeah. I just think it's neat. I just think it's neat. That's also how I feel about Lindsay Lycan, but you know. Sure. <laughs> you can think she's neat. Once you kill somebody, I feel like that's just a little bit too much killing your partner. Because you could have just run off with the money and then let him take the fall. I don't know why she had to kill him, but I mean... Was she, like, supposed to take the fake money from him or the real money that he got from the... So, I'm pretty sure the sequence of events is 
they make a deal that he'll forge 50,000 more mm-hmm. so that eventually she can join him after he like launders it out and trades it up for actual money. Yeah. Because he's like stockpiling. Then she finds out that he's actually printing even more. And I think above a certain threshold, it starts being like a different classification of crime. Like if you, if you print like over a certain amount of money, it's not just like federal, whatever felony, it's like grand something, larceny, felony, blah, blah, blah. It's like, it goes up to grand, whatever, instead Mm -hmm. of just like regular, (laughs) even though they're all federal felonies. Um, but like once he got above bad, please don't do it. I mean, it's super cool, but it is bad. It's not super. It's bad. It's fascinating. No, 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 no. It's bad. It can be bad and fascinating. Okay, fine. Things can have layers. Um, but yeah, I think the issue is, is that he decided that he was going to get greedy and then he wasn't going to tell her how much he actually had. So that when she joined up with him because they had nerve, um, which is questionable. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how much nerve that is. So much as like either. opportunistic greed. Um, mm-hmm. But like he was going to tell her that he had this much because she knew that much from chasing him or whatever. Yeah. When he actually had like 500 million more put away. And then she was like, I would also like that 500 million. <laughs> I also want a sword. <laughs> like, I also want a sword. I'm thinking gifts today. Obviously. Uh, yes. So, yeah, I'm pretty sure that was what the problem was for her, was that he was actively deceiving her. Yeah, duh. He's a criminal. You're a criminal, too. Yeah. Yeah. Should I get into my thoughts, or are you going to keep on going? Um, Because I was about to. (laughs) I also have another question. Uh How exactly does somebody travel with their own washer and dryer? Because are they in suite? Is that a thing for hotel rooms to have? Yes, their- for long-term stay hotel rooms, sometimes they have ensuite washer and dryer. Weird. Because there are these hotel rooms that you can get that are for, like, when you travel for business. Where uh, you can rent them for, like, you know, a month at a time. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of times they'll have that in the room so that you don't have to, like, you know, find a dry cleaners in this town that doesn't have but one dry cleaner and you didn't bring your car because you flew in. That no. sort of thing. I always accepted that as, like, there's a washer and dryer in the hotel room. And I was just watching him. I, I like, mean, it could be that he brought it with him, right? Yeah, it was just If weird. he had, like, a courier van, I guess. those weren't even that big of washer and dryers. No, they weren't. It was, I was just like, oh, is that a thing that's weird about this episode or not? I don't know. I, I don't know about 2007. Yeah. But I feel like now it's not weird so much as it's quirky. Like, that feels like something that someone would do because they don't trust other people's cleaning methods. They'd be like, I'm going to bring a whole washer and dryer because I know it works. <laughs> and I it's mean, not full of other people's sweat. That That is kind of on brand for something that I might do. It is. <laughs> Look at that. Well, so judge not or whatever. I mean, yeah. yeah. <laughs> They're yeah. also very shiny washer and dryer. They are. Like, and- very purple in that yellow room. Like, it was almost like they wanted it to stand out. Prop designers. Well, it looked like there was two washers, but one of the washers had a different door, so it looked it's like a, a stack dryer. washer and dryer. I've never seen a dryer door like that before, though. What, like where it's a pole down to open? Where it's like a circle. It's like a porthole? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I mean, some weird. of them are like that because they were trying to make them, like, matchy-matchy, and it had the porthole oh. door on the washer as well. 
Again, lower middle class. <laughs> I don't know. I like to look through the Sears catalog back when there was a Sears. That was like a thing I did. I had a scrapbook of appliances. I don't know what happened to that. I just go through and I cut out appliances. You're an enigma. <laughs> I don't know what I am anymore. <laughs> You're something. Yeah. Uh, okay, so my thoughts on this episode. <laughs> I enjoyed it. Good. I hated her a lot. Hmm. I hated her a lot. Um, from the moment she was introduced, she was doing this thing with her lip. Oh. So distracting. Yeah. So distracting. Also, her lip gloss color was way too close to her skin tone and the blush she was using. So every time she did the thing with her lip, I couldn't tell where her lip ended and her cheeks began. So I kept thinking that her face was one big smear. It was very distracting. Um, I didn't notice that at all, but I've also seen this like so many times. Yeah. she. Uh, I'm sure she's very pretty, but that lip gloss ain't working. Um, right. All right. Yeah. I, she just like the way she was acting was telegraphing. I'm the bad guy. Which is, like, if she had acted more, like, even if she could be hostile, because she's obviously, like, I'm the psychic on this case. Yeah. Um, even if she wants to be hostile because of that, the way they had her acting when she wasn't being hostile was so, like, intentional target. If she had been a red herring, this would have been fascinating, and I would have really appreciated it. Who would you have liked to be the villain? Uh, the FBI agent. Hmm. Like, I would have really loved it if he had tried to pin it on her because she's a convenient, like, she's a psychic working for the FBI. Of that's, course, they're going to pin a crime on her. That's so, it's like so weird for them to also have a psychic. Yeah. There's yeah. also that. It's almost like Pokemon battle where they were like, <laughs> Lassiter sends out Sean. <laughs> this mm. guy sends out the chick with a weird lip. Like, yeah. <sighs> Ewing sends out Lindsay. Like, yeah. Random brunette, number 27. Yes. <laughs> brunette, Sean's going to automatically hit on, number 27. Sean flirts with the villain in this one. Again. Again. I think he might actually be psychic, but the problem is, is that he mistakes it for being horny. <laughs> like, I'm think sorry. Just, I think it'd just be like that sometime. Are you sure? Because I've never flirted with the villain. <laughs> Have you ever flirted with the villain, Grace? So what, what we're saying here is Sean is attracted to toxic people. Um, he is um, attracted to toxic people, and that's why he and Gus don't get together, because Gus is the best thing in his life. <laughs> <laughs> this is me okay. back as your local Sean Gus shipper. See, um, this is also an interesting episode for Jules, because she is... Oh, it's, oh it's my weird. It's really weird that she's just like, I have no filter suddenly. It's like, you had a filter an episode and a half ago or whatever, but you sure, did. let's pretend you don't have a filter now. You can be a professional and also have crushes. Yeah. You can do that without saying things out loud. Like, she could have just eyed that dude up and kind of, like, exactly. smiled when he was exactly. awkwardly hitting on her. She could have done that without describing her weird fantasies. Yeah, that was a little bit much. More than a little bit. if it would have been just to, like, a friend, but it's... That it's is your, your boss. boss. It's two of your bosses, technically. It's your boss and your boss's boss, who is also your boss, because the departmental hierarchy is weird, this place. Um, it's, yeah, it's strange. Yeah. So, like, Lassiter is her, her boss, but also her partner. Junior detective? Yeah, they called her, like, a junior whatever. And it's like, have they ever called her that before this? Has she ever been, like, verbally stated that she is, like, technically below Lassiter, other than being, like, well, the rookie in the department? I think it's... 
like implied, but he always makes sure to say that she's his partner because he doesn't want to like. I mean, it's good that Lassiter is drinking that respect women juice, but like also (laughs) sometimes, sometimes, Sometimes. occasionally Lassiter drinks. (laughs) Occasionally, Lassiter remembers to take his respect women supplements, (laughs) but sometimes he just forgets them. They're on top of the fridge. Yeah. Yeah. So like that was weird. Um, It was weird because when he starts to like double down on it she's like visibly uncomfortable with it yeah so you would think that's gonna be over but then it's like mm, you know what let's just have right, a so whole scene if at the sean end. is attracted to toxic people juliet is attracted to uh physically unattainable people so she's only interested in them as long as they are not doubling down on hitting on her okay. now she can she can be straight but also like not attracted to i think she just has issues oh yeah absolutely (laughs) she needs therapy Uh, she also based on her behavior in this episode alone she needs yeah i weird i think it's been a while since she's been on any sort of date or something because she is thirsty for this man she doesn't need to be that thirsty i know she doesn't because she's got nice cheekbones i'll give her that she has good taste in cheekbones he's it doesn't seem like moderately attractive i mean he's not really my type but what is my type honestly <laughs> floppy haired emo boys we've established yes this. We um, have. <laughs> sad boys uh oh yeah so like yeah i don't know sean needs to stop hitting on the villain um juliet needs different uh filters on her mouth yeah it was an enjoyable episode but like also <sighs> stop telegraphing it so much i i don't know I, i'd like to stack up my notes mentally uh, on all the Andy Berman episodes and see how strong the telegraphing is. Because I don't know if it's a, like, a writing choice or if it's an acting choice on the parts of the people playing these villains that, like, they do that. I don't know. <laughs> so, like, that that's my one issue is, like, it was so predictable. Really? Um, I will say, based on my notes, this had a really low Sean and Gus bickering count. They were very much on each other's wavelength, like, this entire time. There was, like, only one part where they were even a little bit bickering. And even that resolved itself very quickly into them being, like, bouncing brain cells Mm -hmm. off of each other. Like, I think this is the best Sean Gus dynamic I have ever seen in an episode. Like, they seemed to genuinely enjoy each other's company. And it wasn't like Gus was being dragged along in Sean's antics. He was there, and he was supportive. And he was like, dude, put me in, coach. I know about coins. Like... It was oh also he did the magic head thing where he was mocking Sean and he was like, I'm psychic now. <laughs> like, I yeah, love me it. Too. I love it. I love it. So uh I quite enjoyed that. Um I wouldn't rewrite this episode if I could, but I would say that there were a couple things that just needed to be edited in a way to make the plot line stronger. Yeah. Like, you know, the the counterfeiter psychic romance plot line didn't need to happen. It didn't. Like she could have fully not been romantically involved in him i mean honestly we don't know if she actually was because that was just sort of sean's assumption after she tried to use the boyfriend cover and him hearing that like five minutes ahead of them and so that doesn't mean that i was actually her boyfriend or lover i feel like it kind of makes it partners in crime sounds better yeah and it less misogynistic too yeah because i mean she's not a jilted lover i don't think she was in love with the guy or anything i don't think so i think it was that she was absolutely furious at him for trying to hide that amount of money from her Yeah, because after they had a deal where she didn't turn him into the fbi Mm -hmm. and he gave her money 
or you, like equal share probably. Do you think she would have turned him in if he hadn't betrayed her? Mm, eventually, because she was that type of con woman. Yeah. I thought, okay, the other thing that I found fascinating in this is the way that they wrote her. She seemed to fully buy into her own lie. Yeah. Like, she fully seemed to be like, I'm psychic. I love the psychic stuff. You, Sean, aren't a psychic, but I am. And, like, that wasn't even just a show. That was her seeming to, like, yeah, she, she was drinking her own kool-aid yeah so there's something going on underneath because that's she, a, that's yeah. a little bit too involved mm-hmm. yeah so it almost feels like there was a separate plot line that they had to erase because of something mm-hmm. but they left in just enough things that i can see the shadow of it yeah where like she thinks she is actually psychic but she is also very greedy and so this fbi gig is probably testing how much she believes in what she is yeah And then this opportunity to get this, like, cash thing going on is testing how much she is willing to stay with this job that is already testing her ability to be a fake psychic that she believes she is a real psychic. So, like, this is, like, doubt on doubt on doubt with temptation thrown in there. Mm -hmm. So, in the end, she had to make this hard decision of, do I stick with this job that I think I'm probably going to fail at very soon and get, like, arrested because I keep slipping up? Or do I leave with all of this money? <laughs> and it's like, oh, I think I know which one she's going to choose, actually. Yeah. So, I don't It feels like she was almost a well-fleshed-out character. Oh, but then they forgot, like, four or five lines that got edited out probably for time's sake. Mm-hmm. And then she turned into this weird, contradictory sort of, like, shape of a person. Okay. Yeah. I'm so sure th- there's some sort of... There's probably several reasons. Uh, I mean, even if there's not, like, even if there's not a deleted scene because it was struck in the writing room and no one caught it because they were all there from the beginning and they're like, this makes sense for her character. Doesn't when you erase that line. Um, You run into that a lot in writing. I I will be honest. That is a thing that happens because you forget how much is in your head versus how much is, like, the reader can see. True. Yeah, those are my thoughts on it where, like, I was fascinated with her choices Mm -hmm. because the motivation was almost there. (laughs) Almost. Almost. It was so close. Yeah, you almost had a female character that was written out. Almost, yeah. Almost. And, like, I, I will say, they done goofed it up. She never actually spoke to any of the other female characters. There's not a single time where she spoke to the other women. You're right. Yeah, I was watching for that. Huh. So she is truly the cardboard cutout of a woman. Um... <laughs> Yeah, this episode doesn't really pass the Bechtel test, does it? <laughs> I mean, we haven't been looking for that before. And no. <laughs> that largely because, like, Vic and Juliet are the only two, and they are there for work. They are. And they don't usually talk to each other. It's usually Vic talking no. to Lasseter who passes things on. And so, yeah, the, the Bechtel test really no. like, does not. And we'd basically just every single time be like, does this pass? No. And then no. that would be it. That's it. Um, but, yeah, so, like, very specifically this one with this almost fleshed out female character. No, she, she doesn't talk to any other women the entire time. And she spends her whole time in this like pissing contest with Sean. Yeah. It's like, she has these competitions that no one else is aware she is having with everyone around her, possibly including the women in her whole vicinity. Yeah. Because she's trying to do something. 
that part is unclear because she's not like in love with the FBI agent. No. She's not hitting on Lassiter. She barely talked to Lassiter. She has no kind of intrinsic motivation. I mean, I think I think there's some sort of genuine something there. There's something there, but I think it's but because I feel like she's high on her own supply. I feel like he was more of a tool. Yes. Well, he's always a tool. Um, <laughs> you said it. Uh, <laughs> I'm getting an eye roll, audience. Uh, yeah. I Yeah, he was definitely like a means to an end. So like mm-hmm. either this character is a full-blown sociopath. She or there be. is some sort of motivation this character is missing other than money. I mean, maybe it's money. Maybe it's just money. But we didn't see anything in here that was, like, her being overtly greedy. No. So, like, there was nothing to foreshadow that. Yeah. Being, like, a thing that she might want. There was no, like, you know, Sean finds some sort of, like, thing about credit card statements in her room or something. Which, I mean, would be no, weird it's... in a short-term hotel room. But, like, still, he's I'll... found weirder. All he finds is, oh, she went to a weird coffee shop, and he happens to know just how many Starbucks there are before that coffee shop. Yeah, in a world before Google Maps being really a thing thing, like, I mean, it was there, but it wasn't a thing thing. It's amazing that he knows that, and uh, points. Um, But yeah, like, yeah. I have a lot of issues with her as a character, and uh, does she ever come back? No. Okay. Because I would love to give her a second chance to, like, redeem herself and, like, fill in all of those blanks. But if she never comes back, then... No, it doesn't matter. Here's my demand for fanfiction this week. Oh, no. My demand for fanfiction is fix this character. Okay. Make her a person. Make her decisions in this episode make sense. Okay. And that's not difficult. That's not... It's not even that hard. You just have to put in, like, two extra scenes. You can see it now. Speaking of which, I started writing a fic based on one of my demands. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Um, I'll tell y'all if I actually do it. Um, We'll see. You know who would have made a great villain for this episode? No, because I'm suddenly blanking on any character who has (laughs) appeared before this. Neil McCaffrey. Mildred. Oh, Mildred would have been excellent, like, get. Yeah, because she's just... There is the... no reason for her to be there. Exactly. So she's just, like, there taking notes, and she she knows She's been everything. there the whole time. Mm-hmm. She's listening on everyone's conversations. Yes. That's so no one suspects her. her because she's the old lady. Mm-hmm. Yes, that would have been an excellent turn. But Honestly, it mm. would have been, because you, you have to be pretty quick thinking to even be a stenographer oh yeah no those like like, those keyboards have you ever looked up a stenography keyboard it's crazy it's so confusing it's wild i don't know how they do it and i'm impressed every time i can barely type on a regular keyboard oh i can type pretty well but like i had to the other day okay so a student a student wanted to do something and they were like can you type in the web address and they refused to turn their computer around so i could help them and i'm standing on the other side of the table from them and i'm like yeah okay so over top of them I had to type upside down. Oh, no. My brain just, like, flipped itself in half. Uh, It was, yeah, so it eventually worked, but not after I typed W, like, a bunch of times when I didn't mean to. (laughs) Life. Life. Yeah, no, Mildred would have made an excellent villain. I feel like the psychic made a really good pin the blame on her, but she didn't make a good final villain. Hmm. Because okay. she was so, she was making such a target of herself. A little bit. That 
it was predictable. And so if the FBI guy who had just been flirting with Juliet the whole time, so everyone was writing him off because he was being like all Casanova, but otherwise kind yeah, of an ass. Kind of. Um, more than kind of. Um, I mean, so he was like, he was doing that. around and... shirtless. <laughs> like, if you just. So funny. Um, it was so pointless. But like. Yeah. You could also, have just... I want to know what his tattoo says in Chinese. I want to know. I don't know. Because I don't think it actually... Because it just reminds me of those, like... It was a trend back in, like, the yeah. early to mid And half the time it said fried rice. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, Which okay. So I he would have made... He would have made an excellent villain. Me. Fried rice man. Yes. Uh, would have made an excellent <laughs> villain. Then, uh, Mildred would have made an excellent villain. Thirdly, uh, it would have been very cool if there had been no counterfeiter guy at all. Like that, that dead body totally could have been someone they found to fit the, like the bid. And then they planted him in that location. Like that was what I was like hoping would happen that that like body was just, oh, we happen to have this guy, this toady who's like, has this chin scar. And then we needed him to have a pierced ear because you dropped that detail with no evidence. Um, And so like the thing that gives them away is that he didn't have a pierced ear before they killed him. Like that would have been so cool. Interesting. But no! Apparently not! I have so many emotions. Don't make your stuff that predictable. Some predictable is fine, but like, if I can read you within the first ten minutes, or as soon as you introduce a female character, if I can tell that's gonna be the villain, you have done wrong, Andy. (laughs) Oh gosh. Calling him out. Well, Well, I have a lot of affection for him as a writer, and also I enjoyed this episode. But that doesn't mean I don't have criticisms. As far as I can tell, that is a fake tattoo. So it's not an actual tattoo that he has. That means that, like, we can actually, like, figure out what they yeah, put there, right? They, I, I guess. Is that what he looked like when he was younger? Is he mm-hmm. on, like, something in the 70s? No, not that one. He's, um, that says March 2000. Oh, sorry, 2020. No, Never mind, I just can't was, read from that far away. Yeah, he was in something, I don't care. Yeah, you look he's really a, young in those. He's a person who did something i don't really lou diamond phillips that name is so familiar because he's oh he was in la bomba okay never never saw that Uh uh-huh no he's just an actor that's been in things that i don't really care about (laughs) oh you and me both yeah i mean he was on broadway oh what king and i yeah okay yeah I mean, uh, as as much fun as Han- Rogers and Hammerstein or whatever it is, who did that one, Hammerstein or just Rogers? I think that was that one of the ones they split up for, or I don't know. I whoever did that, I think it's just Hammerstein. Okay, I have it on VHS. I enjoyed part of it, but then also there's a lot going on there that mm, quite problematic. Yeah, yeah. So his name is Lou Simon Phillips. I can't seem to find anything about the tattoos, but this is gonna screw up my entire algorithm. Obviously. Whoever on Pinterest has just screenshotted every moment of him being shirtless. Oh, there is That's a... hilarious. Thank you. Loose tattoos by Ellen and Teresa. Interesting. Ah. That sounds fun. That sounds really fun. It doesn't seem like he has anything on his arm, but this is in 2005. What sort of decision would it be then to give him a arm, an arm tattoo in Chinese... Yeah. Just for this one shirtless scene that they could have just not I don't put know, in. Because it, it just looks like one of those, like a typical Chinese character that you would see all the time. Because he has a different arm tattoo. In Was a... it? Oh, so they needed to cover something else up then. Yeah, maybe. 
that makes sense because on um <laughs> fun fact i have mentioned this multiple times i um i watch one tree hill and there is a particular episode where a character has to get a tattoo Mm-hmm. specifically because it was so hard for them to cover up his actual tattoo they mm-hmm. had to just like write it in so they like needed an excuse for him to have like a band-aid because it, it gets infected doesn't matter but that just made me laugh fair okay so like um first of all i found a picture of him on google thank you everyone on fan pop who apparently took a billion pictures of him shirtless uh in this episode it looks like they're covering up a tattoo that he had when he was younger so it's probably a fake tattoo that they put there to flesh out his character i don't know they did nothing else to flesh out his character this episode so like (laughs) i don't know what the implications of him having a tattoo in traditional chinese is uh but when you point your camera at it and use google translate for simplified chinese it thinks it says friends and then if you uh, try to write the top character really, really fast, it thinks it says mother. So either way, perhaps not uh, fried rice. Maybe. If that helps. Uh, I don't know. If anyone can actually read Chinese, please tell us what's on his arm. Because <laughs> I'm functionally illiterate in Chinese. I can read other things, but not Chinese. Because there's a billion characters and I've learned too many other languages right now to pick that one up. Uh, do we want to do our final thoughts or do we want to do audience? I think we'll just do final thoughts. Okay. Upon watching this for the millionth time, it's kind of lost its original spark or whatever for me. Where it's just kind of like, oh, it really isn't as good as I remember it being. Which is kind of sad. I mean, I had a blast because there's a lot of ridiculously stupid stuff like the scissor lift and all that stuff. I could just be remembering, like, deleted scenes or something, because I have the DVDs. I didn't pull them out for this episode, so there's probably stuff that I missed. But I remember the wet bar being more important than it was in this episode. That was the thing that was in the background of the previous episode. It had already been built, but they had just filmed these out of sequence. Gotcha. So I thought that was really amusing. I mean, the fact that you even noticed in the background of the other episode is, I mean, that's more than I did. So, I don't know. (laughs) It was a goof, but I think I would have, I don't know. I have seen this too many times to even actually remember what is what. I do like that there were a lot of psyche things in this episode. Like, you had catchphrases, you had blatant pineapple, you had obscure 80s and 90s references and easy bake oven you can't you you cannot go wrong with this i didn't count the easy bake oven as a reference does it count as a reference because they definitely re-released it around like 2005 yeah i know he was probably using like one of the 80s ones because that's who he is as a person he said he paid 300 dollars for it which is insane i had an easy bake oven around that time i had one in like 97 oh I am a little bit younger than you. You are, yes. I had an Easy Bake Oven around that time, and it looked not the same, so that might have been an older one, but he said that he paid, like, $300 Yeah, you you got scammed. You Um, got scammed, dude. Like, do they not have thrift stores in this universe? They do, and ostensibly in the first episode, there's a thrift store. Okay, so 
There's a first episode thrift store. It you're is right, a place right, they go. Right. Carol's thrift store. Yeah, no, like it's a real place that they go and there is a filming on location for whatever they're like, you know, even if it's a soundstage. It is a location. It's not just mentioned. So, yeah. So why does he have to go? I think it's just one of those bits of Sean making irrational purchases, which is just very on brand for him. Mm-hmm. So boys probably got a lot of credit card debt. Probably. Um, <laughs> yeah, so you enjoyed it, but you have a lot of questions. Queries, yeah, I have comments. a lot, well, I have a lot of things that I didn't really think about, and then you brought them up. <laughs> mind you, when I first watched this episode, I was eleven. Yeah, you don't tend to think about things like uh, the logistics of money laundering and all that when you're eleven. You're just like, oh, cool. No, I was like, oh, cool. There's conflict fun <laughs> so conflict, i think fun <laughs> so i think every single time that i watched like these earlier episodes i just i have the exact same feelings as i did when i was watching them for the first time it's just like a sense memory for me but this was one where i was like huh how does that work fair <laughs> yeah there's a lot going on here um my final thoughts are i enjoyed it but also i think i enjoyed the idea of it more than i enjoyed the execution of it that's that's exactly it i wasn't okay yes. it has a fun premise like mm-hmm. i really enjoyed the idea of another psychic coming in and being like this is my turf and sean being like we're in santa barbara what are you talking about um <laughs> uh, like because that was kind of a fun dynamic and it i would love I would love, hopefully it happens again, that he runs into another psychic who's, like, conning people. Because, honestly, there's a lot of psychics. And for some reason, they all seem to know each other. That's, like, every, you know, he mentions, like, Miss Cleo and all that. Every Miss Cleo knows each other. I thought that was a fun idea. But the execution lacked something. And it's almost like my my favorite lesbian episode. Uh, what are you talking my, about? My favorite lesbian episode with the tennis player. Oh! Um, that yeah. had so much potential but didn't live up to it because something happened mid-writing that ruined a female character. <laughs> I I think that's my issue here is there was something there. I don't know what happened to ruin what was obviously there. Maybe it was in the edit. Maybe it was in the writing process, but like you had something more, put it back. Maybe, <laughs> maybe. Yeah. I'm going to assume you had something more because if you didn't, you need, like, another four people writing with you to catch these things, please. <laughs> How on brand do you think it was for young Sean to be so good at forging signatures? Oh, very on brand. Um, <laughs> I feel like every time we see something about Sean's, like, youthful criminal history, uh, we're just watching the intro to a White Collar show. Yeah. Because I quite enjoyed White Collar um, back in the day. And uh, every time he does something like, I'm going to trick someone into doing this because it's funny and it benefits me. I'm like, Neil McCaffrey, is that you? Yeah. Like, they, are, they are very similar yeah. characters. It's because they're, you know, peppy white con men. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, you know, yeah, it's. I think it was all right. Could have been better, but it was all right. And that's uh, about as much as I've ever given any episode, frankly. Well, that's too bad. Yeah. I mean, maybe they'll surprise me. I think they will. I hope so. 
there's some really fun episodes coming up that you might like. Yeah, I I feel like part of it is I have to like fall in love with these characters in order to excuse some of the things. Or you have to like actually pay attention to the plot. I'm paying attention. I'm just dissecting the minutia of what their writing decisions have led them to. You seem to miss things like catchphrases and. That's not plot. All right. That's not plot. You cannot say the catchphrases are plot. Okay, fine. Okay, well, if you would like to chime in and tell me the catchphrases are apparently plot uh, or something else that you would like to correct me or Grace on, or if you'd like to tell me that you've done the worksheet, please, for the love of God, do the worksheet with me. <laughs> or if you'd like to send me the fanfiction you write based on the fact that I'm demanding fanfiction from you, come talk to us. We have the uh, comments turned on on Anchor. You can send us a voice memo, and that would be fun. Yeah. Uh, on Twitter, we're Delicious Flavor, but the first L is a capital I. On Instagram, we're Delicious Flavor Podcast. On Facebook, we are at Delicious Flavor Pod. <laughs> and uh, I've heard that we have some non-competition competition now. Yeah. According to Grace on that one psych Facebook group, uh, the, the cast members are doing their own rewatch show, which is fun. Okay, so as of recording this episode, the podcast hasn't come out yet because we're recording we record early yeah we do but um when this releases it'll be out when this releases it'll i think at least two episodes will be out cool but um so it just so everyone knows we were here first (laughs) um but if uh they ever want to like talk with us about it that would be really funny because i barely care and grace cares too much Okay, so if <laughs> please you... Maggie Lawson and Tim Odmanson or whatever, okay. I'm calling you out. Please join us. All right. So if you weren't aware, which I was trying to talk about this entire time, but Zed just took over. Uh huh. That's what I do. Maggie Lawson and Timothy Odmanson have started a podcast where they're going to rewatch every episode of Psych because apparently, same hat. That's a thing that same people hat. do. When Zed and I came up with this idea for the podcast many moons ago, almost, gosh, it seems like it was what, almost, like six months ago. I feel like it was almost like a year ago we were, we were talking about I'm pretty about sure this. it was like six months ago. It was, it was a while back. It was like March. When we were talking about this, I couldn't find a single quality psych podcast. Then as soon as we started, That's like, rude. Those people probably worked really hard. The people who also did other psych podcasts. Okay. It's not fair to call them not quality. No, no, no. Okay. I will I'll rephrase it. I couldn't find a single, like, recent psych podcast or one that people actually seem to like. The general consensus of what I was getting is these people don't seem to like the show very much. So I was like, oh, well, I like the show. And I was under the impression that Zed did too, but okay, here's we don't the know. Thing. Here's the thing. <laughs> I show affection by criticizing. <laughs> yes, it's you what, do. It's what art major put into me. Um, you show your affection by giving your most heartfelt criticism. Yep. So uh, even if I am enjoying it with my whole soul, I will think of things to criticize about it because that's how my brain has been wired. True. All right. So, you know, I am enjoying it. It's just that I will always poke holes in things. So now that there's <laughs> a probably much more informative podcast coming up yeah but do you want informative or do you want me to shout at you about fan fiction ideas <laughs> i don't know maybe, also maybe they do as i told grace earlier two cakes you can listen to both you could honestly i would recommend it because that sounds fascinating that you could like 
So Grace does this thing where she watches the episode and then she watches the episode again with commentary. Mm -hmm. But then you can go back and you can listen to their podcast about their experiences filming it. And then you can listen to our podcast for an absolutely unhinged perspective on the whole thing. It's almost like I was about to say that exact same thing. Excellent. But you never stop talking. Correct. <laughs> you just have to go and like shut me up. Do that. I, tr I, I try, but you're not looking at me. Correct. I'm looking at the microphone because that's exactly. what I'm talking to. Exactly. All right. So Maggie and Tim are going to be at least a season behind us. So you are they releasing at the same rate? I'm really not sure. As of recording this, we are about week and a half out from Psych 3. So they are releasing the podcast like exactly a week before Psych 3 comes out as a rewatch podcast. So I would assume that they're going week by week. I don't really know what I guess doing, we'll find out what they're gonna do. But it would be kind of fun if they were almost exactly a season behind us. Like that would be very funny. That's also what I was thinking. Yeah. I don't know. So just make it a double feature because there's some like special behind the scenes stuff, special guests. Like we can't get cast members on this show. We were recording sitting on my bedroom floor. Exactly. <laughs> if we brought actual on the people other side of the country. Here, yeah, they're not only on the other side of the country, but if we brought actual people into my bedroom floor, we barely had room for Phil. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yes. And they're also tall. Aren't most actor people tall? Uh, Isn't that a thing? Uh, a lot of the cast is very short, but you can't tell because they're all not tall. So they all look oh, they all look average next to each other, except yeah. for Gangly Streaming Man. Yeah, Lassie's fairly tall. Um, I think Gus is moderately tall, but... James is pretty short. Like, I, I think he's, like, 5'8", honestly. <laughs> okay, we've gotten off track. Oh, uh, were we ever wildly. on track? Were we ever on track? Never. Almost exclusively not. We're Never. more of a car than a train. <laughs> like... Oh, my God. <laughs> All right. Um, well, I have been Grace. I've been Zed. And this has somewhat been a podcast. It's been a conversation about a podcast. <laughs>